thank you for checking out this video. Just a quick reminder to please like the video and subscribe to the channel. It helps us grow the channel and put out better videos. Thank you. Welcome to Into the West, a Middle Earth SPG podcast where we discuss the competitive side of the game. My name is Charles. With me today are Richard and Ian. Welcome to another tier list video. This time we'll be tiering the War in Rohan supplement, the eight legendary legions from this supplement. So if you guys are ready, let's dive right into the first one and see how these eight legendary legions rank just to uh, go over the tiers we have at the really top S tier, which are tournament winning legendary legions, A tier, which are very competitive legendary legions. Um, B, I would say, is uh, an army that's viable and can win some games, but not necessarily like an optimized list. C is uh, not a super competitive list at all. It's uh, more of either a fun or a narrative-driven sort of legendary legion. And meme tier is uh, an army that doesn't really work and it is not that playable. It's a meme. Yeah. <laughs> so all there all needs right. to be said. So what do we have first? Okay, so the first legendary legion in this book is the Defenders of Helm's Deep. So what are your guys' experiences with this legendary legion? This is going to shock you guys, but I've never actually played with this legion. I have wanted to since it came out, and I don't think I've gotten a single game with it. And I don't know if I've gotten a game against it either. It looks like a lot of fun, though, and I do want to play it, but I keep getting distracted by other things. Um, my impression is an A, I, just off of what I've seen, but I don't, I don't know. I've, I've actually played against this, and I, yeah, I don't feel like it's a bad Legion, but I'm surprised in how little we see it. So I'm wondering, you know, if there's other regions, regional metas that, you know, have this featured a lot more. But yeah, we don't see this around too much. It did have a good run when it first came out, right? Yeah, when it came out, I remember hearing that uh, a few people in the UK won small tournaments with it, and that uh, it was also in the US, it was pretty popular uh, for like the first few months. And then I like, after COVID, I, I haven't really heard much about it. I've played it a few times, but uh, I wouldn't say that uh, they were played necessarily by people who were there to win the tournament. So when it comes to the list itself, I think there are some pretty solid choices uh, for heroes in there, like mid-tier, um, very cheap heroic strike, and obviously there it, it's a it's a uh, Lothlorien and Rohan alliance where you have lots of access to uh, bows that have an increased range and uh, lots of fight five. So I do think that this list is great, especially at midpoints and maybe low points, because you have you you have great access to decent heroes that are under 100 points. Uh, I haven't seen it played at like 
800. So I don't know if it scales all that well when you go up higher. Um, but I, I do still think that it has uh, competitive viability. So I would, I don't know if I agree with Ian on an A. I would actually lean more towards a B. Uh, but that's mostly because I have never played against this Legion where I've found that it had like that punch to it at higher points. You know, I think that there's a certain points level where it's it's good at, but then it doesn't really scale. I I think I kind of got to disagree with your reasoning here, um, because to me, I think it actually does scale pretty well just because of the number of named heroes and the synergy is pretty good. So I think, you know, when you go the Rohan heroes at low points at, you know, seven, eight hundred, you can start going into the three hunters. So, you know, I think that could be pretty strong, especially with, um, you know, Aragorn and Halith combining. But I think I do agree with your rating, though, that it's not super competitive you know the few times that i've played against it and i think because it seems like the main special rule that you get by forming this legion is just giving your bows a little bit more range and i know that's pretty solid especially given you have elf bows but you know you're giving up a lot of things like all your heroes are on foot and you know how we feel about foot heroes. Well, maybe not Ian, but um, <laughs> but how I feel about foot heroes. I won't speak for anyone else. But yeah, so I think because of that, and especially with you know um, with a competitive meta now focusing on like mobility and how important that is for you know these certain scenarios you don't always get the chance to just sit back and shoot for like four or five turns. So, you know, that extra six inches, you know, so a lot of times it doesn't even matter, you know? So I would also probably give this a B, but probably, you know, I think if you really, really mid-maxed, and I think it could be, like a bottom tier A list. I would support a bottom tier A list. Gamma nerf. <laughs> uh, I, I, you don't get enough Rohan heroes in it to make that much of a difference anyway, though. Like, like, like most of the time, I think you're getting gambling and Theoden, and and maybe like this two, one or two of the smaller ones, and then you're going into the three hunters or Haldir. So I mean, I mean, I don't know if the gambling nerf hits it that hard. I mean, even if you just have those two, that's half the might that you used to get, right? Well, you're only it, getting one down instead of two. I mean, assuming you're going to burn both of their might really quickly, but, like, they're not her all combating, right? Thayden's just sitting there maybe trying to fight one guy a turn. Um, the strength of this list is being able to spam out decent quality troops. Like, at, at 500 or 600, you could get, like, in the 30s, which is pretty good for a good side army like this. So. Yeah. 
I I think honestly <laughs> the best thing about this list first like that I I think is it is it's another list where you can actually have the three hunters leading troops, um, which is basically like impossible to do in like a normal alliance, and the only other way to do it is like with the ghosts or men of the west, and this one's actually good compared to men of the west. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, so. Are we saying a B or an A? It's kind of in between, but what are we landing on here? I'd be good with, like, the bottom of A if something else ends up in A, which I think some, something other things will, but we'll see. Well, I think since the uh, two of us voted B, I think it should be B for now. I mean, we can always make modifications later. Okay. Well, Ian's going to love this next one. The Address Guard. Okay, I'll let you have the floor first. Uh, meme tier, because Theodred is so jazzed about protecting himself, he auto-passes all courage tests, and that's stupid and funny. Um, but in seriousness, I like I, th I think it's probably S in, like, 600 and below. Above 600, it probably drops to, like, an A. Like, it's still pretty good, but it has, like, like the weaknesses it has are, like, much easier to exploit at higher points. Um, that being said, like, I don't have, like, a very big experience with playing at higher points, though. Like, I've, I think I've only played, like, that one warm-up game with you, Richard. So, like, that's not, that's not a great sample size. But 600 or below, like, I've had a lot of good success with it. So, yeah. I think it, it, it does a lot. I can see this being S tier at low points and even mid points. But what's concerning to me are your choice of heroes in the list. Theodred is a pretty decent hitter, but he he is a little bit fragile and he has to be your leader. And I think arguably your only other really good hero pick is Elfhelm. Uh, I know that some people like Grimbold, but personally it's like he's a little bit of a hit or miss. And I, I just think after you after you take those two heroes it just the list is just kind of like okay i mean the the bodyguard is really nice and i think that scales well but on, on that charles we agree i think i think that's why i like it at low points because that's when you're getting the named heroes and then after that it's just more of the same and that's that yeah yeah and you know what i'll say that this is probably one of the most under the radar s tier low points uh, legions i don't see a lot of people talking about it online but i 100 percent like agree with you guys that it's crazy strong like it's probably one of the you know scariest legendary legions at low points and you know it hasn't and maybe it's a good thing it hasn't been talked about a lot because you know there hasn't been an faq about it compared to like the rangers of athelion or you know, other legions like that. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing is like, it's the reason it's so good at low points is just because you pack in so much shooting. So, and a lot of lists do that, but it does it in the unconventional way where it, it's like mostly throwing spears rather than like the bows doing the work. So, I, I don't know if it, if it ever would get FAQ. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure it needs to be. I think it's kind of where it is, but. I will agree, yeah, it is, it is really strong, like we said, at low points. To the point where, like, 
if you show up against like an opponent, you have 20 throwing spears at 400 points, like they, they might not have the greatest time. <laughs> but theme though. <laughs> but uh, so I, I think we we're all kind of on the same wavelength here. I personally would say if it's S tier in low points and um, maybe like a B tier for like a 800 points, that's kind of our benchmark for high points. Then we can average it out to like an A if you guys are good with that. I'm good with yep. that as long as nothing else ends up above it on this list. Whoa, no spoilers. <laughs> no promises. <laughs> All right, so the next one. We have Riders of Aomer. Uh, Ian, I don't know if this was the one that you were talking about that was going to uh, be S tier. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I think... I've seen it taken mostly because of people wanting to try it for its special rules. So the one I'm thinking is the one turn a game shade rule. And I think I've seen some people try to cheese that by taking like hero heavy version of this list and trying to use that one turn of momentum to try to win. Um, I don't know if I've seen a tournament being one with that strategy but it sounds like meme tier list to me when people are taking it to cheese um but like do you guys see any viability in here i i just i i don't i don't think there are enough options um your warriors are all fight three you don't have access to roll guard and gandalf is typically already a very hard hero to make your points back with and uh, with and with him in a mounted, all mounted list, I think that just makes it even harder to uh, get his value. It is exactly what I was just gonna say. Like, yeah, I, I think if it had access to fight for troops, it'd probably be like I don't know somewhere like a like a B maybe because you you could you could exploit the uh, the the negative one bubble a lot more but but getting that only on one turn when all of your troops hitting are strength three or fight three it's just it's just not enough it just doesn't hit as, as hard as it needs to and and like building it is kind of hard too because like by the time you pick up Gandalf and Amer you're at what like 350 points and then trying to get your numbers up like you're never gonna get Erkenbrand in there unless you're at 800 points basically. And then at that point, like, it's not, I don't think that's where it plays well. Yeah, so the only time I've seen this one was actually this year. So friend of the podcast, you know, host of the Duran show, Mitchell Hammond, he actually took this to um, one of the tournaments earlier this year. And... You know, he's a competitive player, so I think he wanted to do well, and he does like lists that are a little less popular. Let's just say I've never seen a man with so many regrets, you know, throughout the tournament. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was really rough. And, you know, even as an experienced player, you know, at a tournament that I felt was um, maybe slightly 
I wouldn't say slightly less competitive, but there were, I think, a lot more newer players too. So it wasn't like a super, super competitive, like um, flagship kind of tournament that we have. But yeah, it was, I think he had a really tough time um, winning games, you know, and against armies that might not even have been the most mid-maxed and competitive. So I think that kind of shows even in the hands of an experienced player, it's going to be a uphill battle to win. Then I think there's, you know, that tells the whole story. Well, the play style of the list is, is kind of like the opposite of what you expect. Like you expect this one glorious charge. That's not how you win with this list. You sit back and kite for a long time until your opponent's almost broken. Then you charge in with your one glorious charge. And hopefully by then, you know, with the negative one and you only, and it compensates enough for your fight three and you're not charging into like two guys backed up by serious sports you're charging into like one or two guys and you, then you can actually make the most of it but yeah I don't so, know. so so would you say though i'm giving it the most ideal scenario possibly like you know you're you're kiting your opponent for the entire game and it's like a higher points so you have a lot of bows do you feel like if if you're trying super hard, you know, to do the best with this list, like it can be like maybe like a C tier or is it truly that bad where, you know, there's just no redeeming qualities? Uh, okay, I've only played against it once and that's exactly what happened. And like, I, I, like I completely underrated it until the guy just like sat there and was kiting me for like most of the game. Like, like I had my harad, so he was like getting tons of kills I was like, okay, well, there, maybe there are some merits to this because, like, I can't shoot back because of your blinding light, so that's good. Um, and then we got into combat, and I had, like, it, it, like the Harad list build that I had, I had a decent amount of fight for and a lot of, like, just small heroes, and it just tore the riders apart so fast. Um, I don't know. I... I think it has some value, maybe put it at like C or like bottom of C, but like if you're going to take it, it's probably just meme tier because you're just going to go and like fuck around basically and just have fun with Gandalf the White and see what he can do. Yeah, I, I think at this point, like strength two bows, there's only so much kiting you can do. And and I'll say like there's you have limited um, heroic marches here because, you know, with the heroes that you're given it's not a list that like riders at theta in where you have near unlimited money. So, you know, th there's only so much kiting you could do, I think. Okay. I am good with the meme tier. Maybe it could be the top of meme, meme tier, like the best meme tier legion. <laughs> now that's a spoiler. <laughs> Well, we, we reviewed Men of the West, so I'll say it's definitely better than that one. Agreed. Because it's it's at least playable at high points, maybe. <laughs> okay, so next we have Paths of the Druidan. Uh, so this one actually is one of the lesser seen legendary legions um i've never seen it at a tournament and i've 
played it once in a casual game and I've played against it maybe once in a casual game. It's kind of similar. Some of the rules and the choices are similar to Rise of Thaden. The difference is <clears throat> uh, you have to take a full warband of Wozes with Gonbri Gun. So the reason why I don't think this is like top or bottom is kind of middle is because it has like your um, core of Rohan heroes uh, with their good profiles. Um, and it has a couple decent special rules. So there's one where you win um, you win heroic move roll-offs on a 3+. I think that's pretty good. Uh, but on the downside is you have 15 models or 15 models in your army at all times that kind of make easy targets. And you kind of, you're always, at least at lower points or midpoints, you're always afraid of breaking early because of that i mean can you not just sit the 15 wolves is like in a forest on the board and just have them blow pipe anything that comes near and that, that that's like all they do <laughs> yeah but that's only 12 inch range right yeah that's true like it's i don't know i feel like i feel like there's 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 options with this like like you could use the woes as bait pretty effectively like a bunch of defense three models sitting in a gap that looks that looks very very tempting as as a target. Yeah, I definitely think that there there is situations where there would be good. It's just it's kind of situational uh, based on the Wozes profile and also uh, the special rules. And I think um, it it rules this legion out of like lower points because you don't want like Theden. And then Godbury gone with a full war band of Wozes. Like that's that's like straight meme tier, right? Like so uh, there's no there's no point in running at low points. You're forced into high points. And similar to you, I've actually never played with or against it. But I think looking at the rules, the three plus um, heroic move off is nice, but I see potential in the waypoints because you get three of these markers that are six inches wide of going through any difficult terrain. So I'm just thinking, of course, like, you know, how to game the system and all that. But, you know, there are some boards that are really, really rough. And if you're thinking like cliffs or like near impassable terrain, um, you know, obviously not impassable because it says difficult terrain, but, you know, there's some boards that are, like, really rough. Like, sometimes I've seen, like, craters or these, like, cliffs that are really tough to get up. You know, in, in like, a scenario like domination where you're placing down the objectives or if an objective is placed down naturally um, on something really difficult, I think... I think it can be really interesting because you have to remember like an all mounted army, like when you play against a riders at Thaden, how you counter it is try to force them into chokes, you know, try to fight around forests, you know, you don't want to fight them in open field. Um, so I think, you know, it can be kind of cheeky um, having these three um, objective points um, or, or areas you can move through. 
Yeah, I on most tables, those three points that's going to cover all of, like the difficult terrain on the table. I think in in a lot of situations, or all like the important ones where you're going to be fighting. So that's that is a good point. Like it is going to do a lot for you. Um, I don't know. I it's just hard without having like the experience against it. So the thing that made me not want to play a second game with them was just the lack of synergy between the Wozes and the Rohan. So you're kind of left with a warband of infantry that are fragile, and then you have your your cav. cav. So to me, it's like, you know, a portion of your list will either have to be, like, left behind on objectives, or they're going to march and you know, you're going to have to heroic march just to fight at the same time. Um, I, I do like the special rules, but I just don't think that the the army itself has enough synergy to make it work in, like, a tournament setting. Uh, I'm probably sitting at a C. I don't think it's a terrible list, but I wouldn't choose it if I'm playing competitively. I'll let, I'll let Ian be the tiebreaker here. This might be all theorycraft, but I would give this a B, maybe closer to the bottom of B, but uh, I think there is potential. Um, but maybe there is a reason we don't see it much, and I, ha I haven't really come upon it in a tournament. But, I mean, like we said before, too, in previous podcasts, like there has been a lot of underrated armies that people are slowly trying to go back to. So who knows? Um, so yeah, I've been kind of sliding back and forth um, between like C and B. Um, after looking at the special rules again, I mean, I kind of want to cop out and just say it's C normally and B in a good versus evil list. <laughs> um, because, like, the, the Wozes get a bunch of bonuses to wound orcs and goblins and urukai, and then there's a special rule in here that gives it to everybody, basically, uh, rerolling ones. Um, but the heroic move roll-off thing is pretty big for a mostly cav army. Like, that's that's really cool, and that's really good. And the waypoints are also really good for a call. I think I'll put it at B, but, like, the, the lowest tier of B. I, I think it has some good potential. And, and, and you're still getting the fight four, right? Because you're going to take Theoden. So you're getting fight four on the, the your Riders of Rohan or fight five on the Royal Guard. Um, it, you could basically build this as, an, as a normal Rohan list. Um, you're not going to hit as hard because you don't have the strength four, but you got the, the Wozes and you've got some other really good special rules. So I think that more than makes up for it, actually. And after saying that, I think it might be a lot better than people think it is. Fair enough. Okay, up next we have Uglux Scouts. So this one, in contrast, we, I, or at least me, I've seen it quite a bit, at least when it first came out. And uh, maybe not locally, but uh, I think I saw it a few times locally, but when I travel for tournaments, I would see them and at high points as well. So 
this list is often compared with Lurch's Scouts, which is another Scout Legion. And I think after Lurch's Scout came out, this one kind of faded out a little bit. Uh, people kind of prefer that one. But I think this one is actually still a pretty interesting list. So it basically half your or like it's a mix it's an army mix of urukai scouts and orcs and um, you're kind of leaning on the animosity rule to get plus one on your uh, two wound rolls and the list is a mix of a few urukai named heroes and a few orc named heroes kind of all medium to lower uh level heroes but it's a list that can spam out um what do you guys think? Any competitive viability to this one? I think there's certainly competitive viability to this one. I, I don't know if I'd go quite to 600 points. Maybe, maybe eh, you could probably do it decently at 600, but I think like 500 is, is probably where it shines. Um, you just... Having that many um, fight four, strength four troops that can move eight is kind of scary. Um the tricky part with this is that you you don't the the animosity is kind of hard to trigger because your orcs can't keep pace with the urukai, and I don't think you want to run this as a traditional shield wall list because you're not making the most out of it if you do. Um, yeah, that that's why I don't like this list to be honest because you're rarely gonna get the animosity rule. Like on paper, you're like oh. That's great, but it happens so rarely, especially if you get the Urukai drummer, you know, they just outpace, you know, the orcs so much. And if you do want to keep pace with them, then you're kind of losing out on the reason why you took the fast Urukai. Well, okay, sorry, I'm thinking of army, army of like list building right now. Um, if you are going to run this... Because you can kind of end up spamming out bows like a reasonable amount just because all of your heroes are so cheap. So maybe the way you do it is you make your you you do kind of make a bit of a shield wall, but you put your urukai bows in the front and then some orcs kind of with them at the same space. So you and then they're drumming or whatever. So they're going to be moving up at roughly the same pace, like maybe you know five and a half six inches a turn. And then you have all your shield urukai running up the flanks trying to go around the sides. And then that way you're kind of getting the animosity in the front while still getting the wrap and the advantage of numbers. I don't know. It's a very specific play style, but there's there's something there, I think. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it run that way, but that can be that can be a good good strategy if you you know uh, lean in on the urukai bows and um, just sacrifice your movement a bit, move up slower. Uh, without the animosity rule, though, this legion doesn't really seem worth running. Like if you were to give it up, yeah. So it it, it does get you some really cheeky damage, though. Like this, yeah, this could, this could <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's the one I was looking at because he he's got backstabbers, right? Yeah, and then if you stacked it with animosity, that's yeah. that's not bad. That's that's kind of gross. Or like even well, any of the the Urukai heroes, you know, strength five with plus one to wound. Or if, 
if you if you dare take an Arakai scout captain with a two-handed weapon, he's getting plus two at strength five. That's that's pretty gross. So like it it, it is gonna hit hard when it does win the fights and, and it can it can trigger those bonuses, but it's it's setting that up is difficult. I think I will say though, if you're going by how many points you're getting from the bonuses, uh, getting free marauders, uh, getting the free marauder upgrade is pretty good. You know, you're saving one point per marauder. You know, if you can get up to 40 to 50 Urukai, like that's 40, 50 points that you're saving, which I think in comparison to, you know, some army bonuses or some legendary legions, it's on the decent side. It's not, it's not the best, but, you know, you're getting some value there. I mean, there, there's also the woodland creature thing. Everybody gets woodland creature, and that's, I mean, half a point per model. That's, I, I think it's got pretty good legs to stand okay. on. Okay, okay, but the base, the base Urukai scout is not point sufficient. So, we, yeah, you have to use some of that points to make up. <laughs> yeah, well, but that's the funny thing, though, is they're saying the base Urukai scout isn't that efficient, and then comparing it to a normal Urukai warrior, it's the same profile. Point for point, it's the same profile. So, in this day and age, I don't know. In this day and age, in this no day, high, yeah, it's sure. Not that good yeah. With, well, with gun to bed berserkers <laughs> running around in hunter orcs, maybe not. But <laughs> do you guys think that in scenarios where you start closer together, like maybe at, at halfway, like at, at the middle line, or if your opponent also deploys close and you're gonna fight anyway, like the first turn or the second turn? Uh, there's less awkwardness between the orcs and the urukai. Like, do you like? I can see this working. If if it's not like a mobility sort of focused uh, mission, where you have to run across the map or you have to start apart, I can see this potentially be really good. No, that's the, that's the opposite in my opinion. Because then you're you took all those bows for nothing, and your move eight doesn't really matter that much. So. Oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be doing Ian's list. I wouldn't. I wouldn't take max bow. <laughs> no. Well, I. I don't know. I think it's strength three bows. You're gonna get if you if you get like the forty or fifty models, you're gonna get a lot of them. I think there's still something there. But um, even if you do start close, right, you still have all those guys moving eight around the flank. So you are gonna force like your opponent into a ton of one-on-one fights and that's kind of like like urukai have a very good base profile so forcing one-on-one fights isn't the worst thing for them especially when like the ones that aren't one-on-one fights are hopefully getting plus one to wound right that's that's big yeah so what are you thinking for the tier list I'm so conflicted. Like, I want to put it at B, but I'm looking at the other list we put at B, and I'm like, no, it shouldn't go there. Ah, maybe behind the other ones. I don't know if I'd put it above... Ah, <laughs> I think I'd still put it at B. I don't know if I'd put it above Druid Dan. So, I I see it way more than Druid Dan, and I don't know if it's because of, like, the Druid Dan model's availability, but... Uh, I kind of want to put it above Druid Dan, but I know Richard... I would rather I would rather play Druidan, but I will concede maybe same tier. But Ian, which one do you like better here? You're the tiebreaker. About if it's going on B or C? No, no, it, yeah. it's going on B. I think 
but oh, which one's better, Druidan or Ugly Scouts? Uh, ah, put Ugly at the bottom. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just thinking like the Druidan list, you, like like I said before, you can basically build it like a normal Rohan list with the Woes' contingent, and having those extra bonuses is pretty good. So I think I think that's probably better than this. Okay, the next one, I don't think we have to have too much disagreement. The Wolves of Isengard. Another list that I think I was very excited when I first saw it, I was like, this has some cool rules, but, you know, it just never lived up to the hype. Never seen it at a tournament. And I I think I think it's textbook meme. Uh have have any of you ever played against it? So this is like the one list that goes straight to me. Like as soon as you read it, you're like, ah, it's all war riders and only Sharku. It's straight to meme tier. Um I have played against it though, uh, uh once before. Um uh, when I was in Oz, so it was it was kind of like the it was like a theme tournament. So the people in my group, every like all the evil players had to bring an evil list. So somebody brought this, um, and it did look pretty intimidating. You know, there's a lot of throwing weapons in there on the charge, lots of like high strength models on the charge, but it just kind of didn't. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like when it first came out. It looked interesting, like at low points, uh, the the scout mechanic, maybe in like heirlooms or something, you could get a head start and like or like see surprise, you could get a head start right in in um, moving your models a little bit, and also the free hero combat it seems nice, but then you look at it and it's a fight for hero. No, he's a fight for Elendil. Get it right. Fight for Elendil. There you go. <laughs> I three hundred to four hundred points. I think this actually could be a pretty reasonable list, just because you're gonna get so many cav into it that hit kind of hard, and I don't know the special rules. I feel like will play a lot more into it then. Okay, but yeah, like that. That's kind of my pitch here. So I know you guys are crapping all over it, but my case for C tier is. It's absolute, you know, meme tier for high points, you know. But like you said, for 300 to 400 points, and if you get those scenarios, you know, the ones that, um, especially the Maelstrom ones, but yeah, like Seize the Prize, Reconnoiter, if you really count them out, I think there there's more than you think that I think you would have a, pretty big advantage on and just remember too you know you can dismount the war riders you know so you can you know you're never gonna get all the courage tests but you can potentially double your model count and at low points that can be extremely useful at the end of games you know for objectives so i'd like to try it one day and i'd like to think that there's a shot at victory, you know? So I would like it to say that, you know, it's playable 
you know, potentially like even a low B at like 300 points. And what? that would drag an overall score out of mean tier. <laughs> Why do you think you don't see it though? Because nobody plays three or four hundred points events. That's why. <laughs> because no one owns that many Wargriders. <laughs> I I don't know. Like I'm looking at the special rules again. It does look fun. It does look good. But like, that's all you have, right? Like, that's the thing. After after the first turn or after priority and whatever, you get the special rule moving. You're just stuck with a bunch of Wargriders. And like, they also have access to wargs, so they could really spam out at, like, 300 points. Like, I don't know how many models you could get, but... I don't know if that's the way you do it. I, th- I think you want all the cav, because w- killing models at that low points value is, like, really good. And the cavalry just kills so much better. Even if you just get a few kills at the start, like, you can really snowball. Yeah, and I mean, getting the, sh- the Shaman, too, like, essentially, you have a, you know, a big chunk of Fearless, too, so. True, yeah. true. So, Richard, are you trying to argue a seat here? I, I'm trying to argue that, but, of course, I could easily be outvoted here. Yeah, I there's no chance this is ending up in C-tier if um, Riders of Airmare is in meme-tier. There's, like, no chance. Sorry. All right. Can we, can we at least put it above Riders of Aomer, or I don't think it goes above Riders of Aomer. All right, guys, Sharku fans, you know I gave it my best shot. I appreciate the effort, though, Richard. You gave it, you gave it a shot, and that's all we can ask for. <laughs> all right. So the next one we have here is Assault upon Helm's Deep. Uh, I think, you know. As much as Ian wants to argue that Theodred's Guard is the the best Legion in this book, I I think I think we have a contender here. Um, I brought this to a tournament a few times, and you know it's it's gotten nerfed a few times. You know the Demolition Charge was toned down, and more recently the Ballista was turned down toned down. But uh, I still think it's pretty strong. It's it's not your typical list, you know, it's, it works, it plays quite different, you know, you don't have a hero with hero strike, you don't have, like, a ton of might, but you got great shooting, um, you know, very effective siege weapons, and I think it's quite, it, it can deal with most things um, that you ca- uh, come up against in a tournament. The only issue I have is if we're trying writing a few lists for mid-tier t- midpoint tournaments, and I don't think it works as well. But um, yeah, definitely really strong at high points. And I would say it's not bad at low if you take one ballista and no bomb. I think it's all right, and you can spam out still a decent amount of Urukai. Um I don't know. Personally, maybe it's because it's just we play so many 800 points, but I definitely think it's still S tier, regardless of the FAQ. It's definitely come down a notch, but um, I think it went from like toxic level to S tier. So 
it's still it's still very very good like it, there's no tournament that you want to come up upon and then you roll up to your table and it's like oh it's assault upon helm's deep like you're doesn't matter what you brought you're not going to be happy about it yeah nobody wants to fight a dozen crossbows and a ballista or more multiple multiple yeah ballistas. like that's 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 like 500 points that's what you're going to be facing which is yeah it's, it's not fun um I think it is better at higher points, though. Like, like you want to be able to get the. I think the idea, the ideal build is the double ballista and a bomb, because then your opponent is. It's just so hard for them to do anything because the way you counter this at, at low points is if you have the bigger heroes, and you get them into combat. Like this list doesn't really have an answer, and if they don't have the double ballista and the bomb to like shut them down, that shut down that hero it becomes a lot harder for that this list to stop them in combat it's still kind of gross like like i don't know maybe a at low points and then s at high points like it's still great at 800 though i'd argue that the ideal build is triple ballista but uh, i i agree with you i think i think it's uh, up there for sure um but personally i would say yeah, I'd be okay with S tier or A tier, but I think the other two guys are pretty firm on S tier. Is it meme tier? Because you could build a list with only bombs? Bombs and ballistas, that's it. Still S. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Last but not least, we have the Army of Dunland. So this list, when it first came out, it was super cool, uh, or it looked super cool. You know, I, I, I saw lots of armies on Facebook and, you know, events at various communities. You, you, I saw Dunlin quite a bit. I haven't seen very many um, podium finishes or, or um, people who've won a tournament with the, this Legion. And uh, I, could, I could be wrong, maybe... In your local meta, it is very strong, but um, I just see this list as like only good up to a certain level, and it's mostly limited by just the quality of profiles. Um, you know, we, we did a Dunland review in in the past seasons, and um, the heroes are very good for like the mid tier, but I think that similar to Theodred's Guard, like once you take those heroes the list kind of plateaus yeah and to add on to that i think the regular rohan warrior with throwing spear especially in theodred's legion where they can use it as spears it's much better value so i think my issue is that i don't love the husk girl i mean it's good but it's not great and then the Wild Men of Dunlin, okay, especially if you give them, like, the Fearless. Um, they're nice and cheap, but just none of their warriors, I think, are just, you know, if it was in a convenient alliance, something you would want to spam out and, you know, take advantage of. So they're they're all playable, but... Not for me. Yeah, yeah, but, but I don't think you're going to spam the Kerbane, and... But yeah, I think that's definitely one of the uh, trump cards that this Legion has. And another thing is, I also feel like 
their special rule comes really comes down to the six inch banners um, because the war cry and then the hatred rule like those are again a nice little bonus but to me it it reminds me a little bit of like army of goth mog like a little bit more conditional i mean it's still a strength four list so strength four with plus one wound even though it's only one turn it's kind of it's kind of nasty it, it is a glass cannon list but i think it also goes against the current meta right now with you know a lot of shooting um that's going on and they don't really have anything that can counter that i think they got numbers in Kurbain, man. The Kurbain can shield or just, like, hit the archers. It has counters, I think, but... Or... I think I think one thing that keeps this list from being a very good spamming army, because you could argue that, you know, most of the warriors are very cheap and you can spam them. Uh, you have Thryden, who's a hero of valor, and then everyone else is a hero of fortitude. And, you know, it's... It's not easy to um, spam out like a decent number of, of models. I think um, the list that I've tried, I, you know, I almost brought this Legion to a 500 point tournament, but, you know, there, there just wasn't enough warband space when you take Thryden and Gorolf. And it's awkward because you don't want to take a third hero, but you're kind of forced to. And so I think a lot of midpoint situations where you find that this legion is supposed to be really good it's actually very hard to write a good list um but then at high points you don't have answers to a lot of threats and so i think it's good maybe at like 600 or some point value where you can get like a sweet spot of number of heroes but then like above and below that is just like you know it loses yeah. its effectiveness yeah, I, I, well, I was just gonna, I think the sweet spot is around 600, 700 points because that's where you get the you get four heroes, maybe five if you want to go more hero heavy and like less on the elites like the Cav and the Curbane. but and then 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 you get enough slots that way, and I still I think it's it's pretty decent then because you end up with you have a lot of might in this list which you, you don't you wouldn't really think about it when you uh, initially but all of your named heroes have three might which is really good. So, I don't know, you can do, even though most of them are on foot, you can do cheeky things with, like, com comboing them, getting the heroic combats and stuff, um, if you get the war cry. And the six-inch banners, um, I've seen this list with two banners, and it's basically over the entire army. It's like a horde army that has a banner effect over the, horde, the whole thing, which is pretty gross. Um, all of this being said, I have played against this Legion twice, I think, with Theodred's guard, so with Rohan, so they're getting the bonus, and I beat it both times. <laughs> but the reason I did that is because I just didn't fight it in combat. Because as soon as it gets into combat with a Rohan force, the Rohan just melts away. It just they just disappear. It's it's gross. Um, I think I like it. I think it's as mid as you can get, right? Yeah. I maybe between Druidan and Defenders is that is that kind of what we're feeling? That that's exactly where I'm thinking. Yeah. What about yeah. you, Richard? Hundred percent. I like it. Because okay. um, yeah, it definitely has potential, but I don't know. It's 
Well, I think Charles, you covered it well. It, it's weird because you want to get more of the heroes in there to get their cool stuff, but then you, you like, yeah, your numbers aren't great, and then if you don't do that, then okay, your, your so warband slots are kind of weird. Uh, we actually forgot that there is an additional legendary legion in the back of the book, so we're tacking it onto this tier list. And what are you talking about? We didn't forget. This is definitely the same day. Totally. <laughs> I just quickly change our clothes. I know. Well, you know, we got we all have to get ready to go out for dinner. That's how good Helm's Guard is. We had to change our clothes before reviewing it. <laughs> it's at the back of the book, so it's fair that we forgot about it. Um, but last but not least, we have Helm's Guard. And so I think out of the three of us, I played it, and I think Richard's played it a few times. Um, oh. It's... What do you guys think? Okay, the the one time I've played against it, I played a Harad list, I think at 400 points, and Richard was running it, um, and he tabled me. <laughs> yeah, I've played it at 400 a couple times, uh, not just against you, and it's uh, it's it's scary. It's um, you're playing you're playing a budget Elendil. Yeah, but he he's backed up by a bunch of fight five throwing spear fearless dudes in a little bubble of fun having fight five in, in in like six inches around him is amazing it's it's big like you said on on having he has a royal guard bodyguard around him it's it's great um but just touching on the fight value thing like yeah he is fight five because he has that free point of might to heroic strike if he wants to like if he's going up against elves, he can just heroic strike against basic troops. And he'll still win the fight and kill two guys a turn, which is fine. That's great. If you're killing two elves a turn, especially at low points, you're going to do fine. You're going to win the game. Um, yeah, it's... I don't know. It is it is a weakness, but it's, it's easily overcome with the amount of might that he has available to him. I think it's the throwing spears. Um, you know, it's one of the legions where Rohan also has the throwing spears acting as uh, regular spears as well. I think I think that's a bit of a theme where it takes uh, Foot Rohan to actual playable, if not competitive level. Um, you know, without it, you always need an ally like Lachlorian or something. But when you can just support with throwing spears, I, I mean, it's just crazy versatile. Yeah. I think what makes this different than other... Uh, of the Rohan Foot Legions, like Theodore's Garden, Defenders of Helm's Deep, is that Helm Hammerhand is the only named hero. And that's also kind of like the downfall of the list, where as soon as you go over, as soon as you max out Helm's Warband, all you're left with are Captains and uh, King's Huntsmen. And, you know, they're Fight 3, Fight 4. They don't get the fight value buff from Helm. And it just doesn't scale well from there, right? That's like, it's just what you have in the six inch bubble that's buffed. And then after that, it's just generic heroes leading troops. Do the captains get the fight value buff? I forget. No. No? no? Mm. I still think it, it's it's viable with a captain in there. Like mm-hmm. up to five, 600 points, probably where you start to max out. I, I brought him to a 600 point tournament and... I felt really like uh, the captain d- 
didn't feel like he was there. He was worth his points. He was there to call heroic marches and heroic moves, and that was about it. Um, the fight four is a huge weakness because typically when you run Rohan captains, you're either in like Theoden's uh, Legend of Legion or something like that where you would get up to fight five when you charge. So here it just feels uh, kind of underwhelming. And also just uh, you don't have any other named heroes uh, in comparison to other Le uh, Rohan legions. Yeah. I guess you're not also, you're not getting the uh, the Riders of Rohan ignore bow limit too, right? So you can't, it's hard to build the, the all cavalry army that's good at skirmishing and good at fighting. Yeah. yeah. And, and you don't really want that because then you're giving up your... Uh, your spear bonus but um i think this is probably one of the most extreme legions like there's not a lot of legions where it's like god mode at like 400 and under but then like yeah like you said even at 600 which i consider like still on the lower side like theodred's guard still runs well you know even like the dunlin still runs well but um this legion like I don't know. Even 500 is a little bit pushing it, I think. So basically, as soon as you you can't <laughs> only take Helm and a Warband, that's when it gets bad. <laughs> is that what I, you're saying? I think maybe you can take, like, <laughs> one captain. But then, like, if, you, if you're forced to, like, take anything else, then it, it's not good. <laughs> you know what? I think, I think 400 points, it starts at S tier, and every 100 points you go up, it goes down one tier. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad metric. I kind of like that. <laughs> so, does this mean we should put them smack down in the middle of B? What do you guys think? I don't know. That feels kind of harsh. Ugh. One day we should have a tier list of low point legendary legions. I think that might be more fair to extreme legions like this. That would um, be interesting. Yeah, but but since we're going by like the average uh, playability, that's kind of what the best we can do, right? I think, yeah, if you played it at 800, like, I don't know. So we're saying at S at 400. Oh, so at 800, it becomes a meme tier. Yeah. <laughs> I would agree with that. Yeah, that's kinda, you see You see that yeah. at an 800-point tournament, and you're just like, this guy is here for fun and fun yeah. only. You're like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tie up Helm with two guys and then destroy everything else. Yeah. I guess that's fair. I'm okay with a B. Yeah. Okay. Middle of B? <laughs> that, that, puts it ahead of, that puts it ahead of Druidam. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fine, because midpoints, um, it's still playable, right? It's not like a really competitive list, but it could still win games, depending on your opponent. All right. Okay, so to round out our list, starting in meme tier, we have Riders of Aomer and the Wolves of Isengard. Nothing in C tier this list, and in B, or B we have Defenders of Helm's Deep being at the top of B, followed by the Army of Dunland, Helm's Guard, Pass of the Druidan, and Ugluck Scouts. In A, we have Theodred's Guard, and in S, we have Assault upon Helm's Deep. Let us know what you think of this tier list, and if there's any that you disagree with, we would also like to see how you would rank them. Please also like the, remember to like this video and subscribe to the channel.